Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Baller Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And right now, I am sitting at Perry Park in Redondo Beach, California. My son's car is actually in the shop. Uh, while the car is being fixed, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to a local park, sit outside, and record the podcast. So hopefully you don't hear too much background noise like kids playing behind me because there are some kids having a good time. Cars going up and down the street. Uh, the wind's pretty strong, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But again, for those of you that know me, know that I love recording outside. There's just something about having the fresh air blowing against your face and just being in the atmosphere, being able to watch the clouds as they float overhead and just being able to just relax and talk to you guys. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. So excited that you're here. Again, whether you're here because you just want to have something to listen to while you work out, maybe you're on a walk, maybe you're just having something to listen to while you relax, or just, you know, want something to inspire you. And I hope that this is able to do just that. I just wanted to remind you, if you are listening to this podcast on our website, then please head over to Spotify or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get podcasts. You'll most likely be able to find us there. Go ahead and subscribe. That way we post things that are new. You will be one of the first ones to get notification of the podcast that we have just released, that we just released a new one. Well, I wanted to start this podcast out with something a little bit different today. And that is, I just wanted to take a stroll down memory lane. And that will lead into what it is that I wanted to share and talk about today. But I remember I must have been five or six years old and I was visiting my grandmother for the summer in Louisville, Kentucky. That's right, Louisville, Kentucky. See, that's how you could tell if people are from there. For people that are not from Louisville, they'll say Louisville or they'll say Louisville. But for those that are from there, they say Louisville. That's the way you know. But I was, I was out there visiting my grandmother and i remember walking into the backyard and on the back porch was this old school washing machine and because we're talking about let's see if i was uh six or seven so we're talking about 1976 1977 so shut up i know how old i am <laughs> but we were talking about about that time so i walked in the backyard my grandmother was doing laundry and it was this old wash machine where you would put your clothes in and it would wash the clothes, it would tumble the clothes on the bottom. And then on the top of the wash machine was a wringer that you would run your clothes through. It would wring the water out of the clothes and then you'd hang your clothes on a clothing line to dry. And I just remember watching my grandmother doing that. And while she was doing it, she was just humming away having her best life just really enjoying that and then I, I think about that that same year this is actually around the time that i discovered how much i like pancakes because pancakes 
are my absolute favorite. But here's the reason why. Is I remember as a kid, I'd wake up in the morning and I could smell the fresh scent of pancakes. Oh man. And these wasn't like, let, let me just make this really clear. This wasn't like, is it Uncle Ben? No, that's Uncle Ben is rice, but uh, Bisquick, there we go, a Bisquick. Just think about a pancake mix. And so this wasn't that. Uh, this was like from the scratch, homemade pancakes. And I remember waking up to that smell. And I, I walked into the kitchen. I remember sitting, I clearly remember sitting down and watching my grandmother and she is at the stove, she's cooking, she's humming, and again, just having the time of her life. And then when she was done, she put on the table in front of me, pancakes, eggs, bacon, and of course, Mrs. Butterworth syrup, and a big glass of cold, ice cold milk. I, I, I totally remember that. but. And looking at both of those times, the, the thing that I remember was the level of joy that my grandmother had. Just a level of just sheer joy in that moment of just being able to relax, doing chores, or just whatever it was that she was doing. And she always had that. Whenever my grandmother was doing chores around the house, she was always humming. Always. She always had this smile on her face when she was doing so. And, and I, I can remember... I called her my mamma. She's my mamma. But I, I remember that so clearly as a kid. And one of the things that I'm thankful for is like, I am thankful for the technological advances that we have. I mean, it's amazing. Like one of the things that I love to do is if I'm working on something, a project for church, like if I'm trying to take, uh, sometimes I take a clip of our messages and then I will uh, take them from my computer airdrop them to my phone, edit them on my phone, because I'll put like uh, captions and stuff like that onto it. Then I will take that, airdrop that back onto my computer, and then upload that to Facebook as well as to Instagram and upload it from there. Uh, so it's, it's just amazing. But I, I do wonder this, have our technological advances made us addicted to noise, entertainment, and speed, or speed or the pace, the pace of life, a frenetic, fast pace of life. Have our technological advances caused us to become that way? I don't know, it's, it's a question that I think is good for us to, to just kind of sit down and wonder and kind of ponder over. And the reason why I ask that is because my grandmother didn't have there, there were no, you barely had a, a telephone with push buttons back at that time. Uh, for television, you had two dials. One was UHF and the other was VHF. And the VHF went to channel 13. And I think the UHF went to like channel 72 or something like that. But that was it. You just had those two channels. Uh, and then on that, not every channel was filled with, with stuff to watch. So with that, you could turn one channel and there's, you know, snow, and then turn another channel and there's CBS and turn another channel, there's snow and turn another channel and there's NBC. And now don't go to like UHF channels because man, you could go through like 40, 50 channels with just snow. So it's, it's amazing to me when I, I think about then and I think about now because 
The idea of UHF and VHF does not exist anymore. And not only do you have your regular channels that you can turn to, but now you have you have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. I mean, we can go through the list, right, of how many smart apps that we could turn to that we can utilize on our television to be able to watch television right now. I mean, there is a, a plethora of just things that you could watch right now on your television. So have we, have we, have we become addicted to entertainment? And again, I think about the internet and the speed of the internet and the access to information. I mean, just think about how quickly we get the news now. Like if something happens, we can have access to that story in a matter of minutes. In a matter of minutes, we can have access to a story that's breaking. And I'm not just talking about a, a story here in the States or right here in California or right here in Torrance, California, or since I'm in Redondo, right here in Redondo. I mean, we're talking about something can happen in Afghanistan. Something can happen there and we get instant notification of that. I mean, it's, it's just amazing, again, how quickly we have access to information via the internet. But just think about that, the amount of information, the amount of speed, the amount of choices, the amount of technology. Also, with that that comes to mind also is the amount of noise. I mean, just think about how much sound is on around us between your radio, between television. And when I'm talking about sound, I'm not talking about like right now, I'm in a the park, there's kids playing, that's sound, there's wind, that's sound. I'm not talking about that kind of sound. I'm talking about like, man-made noise that we allow into our lives. Just think about how much noise that we have access to. And, and I think between the noise, between entertainment, between the pace of life, I think what it has done is it has caused us to have what I would call, and, and I talked about this on Sunday, how we have a polluted soul that is under constant bombardment. I mean, just think about how many voices that compete for our attention. You have your boss, you have your family, you have, and usually with your family, it usually means that your spouse and your kids are both speaking at the same time. And what I've learned is to try to pay attention to my spouse above my kids. <laughs> but we do, we have access to that. And so those voices compete for our attention then not only that, we have our own inner voice that competes for our attention. And then we're talking about following Jesus. He's trying to get our attention as well. But then along with that, there's the competition with social media. There's a competition with entertainment. Just think about the level of noise that our souls are polluted by. We're in the middle of a series that we're calling Soul Lucian. And the idea behind this series is that our soul goes through challenges. Our soul has deep needs. And our soul has needs that are designed in such a way that the only way that they can really be met is by God doing so. And so what we've been doing over the course of this series is we've been looking at what are the soul, the soul solutions that God has provided for us to be able to satisfy the deep needs of our souls. Now, what we've been doing over the course of this series is we've been looking at the spiritual disciplines and how important the spiritual disciplines are and how the spiritual disciplines 
are the sole solution to the deep needs of our soul because they put us on the path to be able to satisfy needs that only the spiritual disciplines can fulfill. There's nothing else. There is nothing else that can satisfy the needs of our soul like spiritual disciplines because they open the door for us to be able to connect with God in a way that is intimate, in a way that is deep, in a way that is filled with this connection that our souls so desperately needs. And if we're talking about this idea of our soul being under constant polluted bombardment, then we would say that our soul needs peace, that our soul needs quiet, our, our, our soul needs refreshment. Because I, I think we would all agree that at the pace at which we live, at the pace at which we take in technology, that, that our souls weren't necessarily designed to sustain that on a permanent basis. At some point, what has to happen is we either have to decide to slow down or our soul or body will make us slow down. Because we're not, we're not designed to live life at this, at this incredible, incredible pace. And so as we talk about just these solutions in our life that, that God provides, what is the solution to bombardment? What is the solution to noise? What is the solution to entertainment? What is the solution to all of those things? Well, the Bible, gives us examples of all three of the things that I'm going to talk about right now. But experts have boiled them down to what they would call the spiritual disciplines of withdrawal. So literally, it's when we take the time to purposely tear ourselves away or pull ourselves away from the pace of life, from entertainment, from all the voices that compete for our attention to only pay attention to the voice of Jesus. It's when we decide to really chime in and say, hey, I'm clearing, I'm clearing everything and I'm turning everything off except Jesus for you. That way I have the opportunity to be able to connect with you as well. Dallas Willard, who's a Christian author that talks about the spiritual disciplines, he said this, and I thought this was so, so powerful. He says, in our busy, noisy world, we need to unhook and get away in order to be alone and be ourselves with our Lord. Love that. What an incredible encouragement. Uh, Blaise Pascal said this. He said, I have discovered that all the unhappiness of men arises from one single fact, in that they cannot stay quietly in their own chamber. Now that was written in 1670. <laughs> that was written in 1670. Now I propose that to you right now. And there's another, another author named Henry Nowen. And he says this, he says, without solitude, it is almost impossible to live a spiritual life. Without solitude, it is almost impossible to live a spiritual life and I think that that again is also it, it, it's right on because how can we really live a spiritual life when our soul is polluted when our soul is filled and let me make this really clear and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again 
I'm never someone who says that entertainment is bad. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get away and watch a good Netflix show. Nothing wrong with that or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime or I mean, we'll just Hulu. Or we, we just, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. There's nothing wrong with the internet and entertainment. And I mean, we can go through the list. I mean, it can be, of course, depending on what it is that we expose ourselves to. But in and of itself, I would never say that those things are necessarily evil. However, if we are so distracted by the noise that is around us, then how do we invest in our own spiritual development? How do we invest in our own spiritual growth? Now, this was so important. There's this one point where Jesus was with the disciples. And what had happened is Jesus had sent the disciples off to go do ministry. And while they were off doing their ministry, Jesus found out about his cousin, John the Baptist. And at this point, John the Baptist had been killed. So Jesus finds out about that. So when the disciples come back from having done ministry and debrief that with Jesus, and not only that, as Jesus thinks about the loss of his cousin, Jesus says to disciples in, in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So you talk about the frenetic pace of life, the busy pace of life. You know you're busy when you don't have time to eat. <laughs> you, you know you're busy. And, and many of us have experienced that, right? You're busy at work, so you go to the vending machine and you pull out the button, you get a Snickers bar, just something to try to tide you over if you have time to do that. But sometimes we have those moments where we are just so busy. Now, this was a regular part of Jesus' life when we talk about just how busy he was and how great of a demand there was for him by the crowds he was in. People wanted to talk to him. People wanted to hear from him. People wanted to be healed by him. People wanted to be taught by him. And we, we can go through the list of, of, of people wanting to be blessed by him. And we can just go through the list of how busy the life of Jesus was. So when you say you're busy, Jesus says, I get it. I understand it. And in this moment, Jesus showed a priority for what to do when things are crazy. And so he said, hey, guys, let's go take a moment to get away and to rest. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting about this story. As they walk away to go rest, the crowds notice them. And so the crowds chase them. And so the crowds go where Jesus and the disciples were going to go for rest. And then it's shortly after this that the feeding of the 5,000 men happened. And the, the Bible specifically says 5,000 men, which means that there were probably up to 15, 20,000 people there when you include women and children, all fed by Jesus miraculously. Now it goes on and it says, after that, after that, Jesus sent them away. It says in verse 42, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. I told the 5,000 men and their families were fed. Verse 45, immediately after this, Jesus insisted 
that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to to Bethsaida. While he sent the people home, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. See, here's the thing that's really interesting is, you know, sometimes what we can do is we can say, you know, I intend to spend some time with Jesus and then things get really hectic and we never circled back around to it. So what Jesus does is he teaches us in this moment that, yes, things are going to get hectic. Yes, things are going to get crazy, but you always must circle back around to those moments of solitude and silence. And so with that in mind, there are three disciplines of withdrawal that I want to talk to you about whenever you're listening to this podcast. One is fasting. And fasting is basically when you choose to abstain from something. Uh, many times it's typically associated with food, but you can abstain, you can abstain from food or you can abstain from certain foods because there are times where people say, well, I will go on a fast and I will only eat like fruits and vegetables or drink juices. Uh, there are times where people will go on a fast and they will only uh, drink uh, water uh, during that fast and they'll set aside a time of, or a time where they'll do that. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But also there are people and there are times where people fast from things other than food. You can abstain from entertainment. You can abstain from television. I guess that does qualify as entertainment. But abstain maybe from the internet. You can abstain maybe from social media. The idea is let me identify whatever it is that is a distraction to me. And then what I will do is during that time when I would partake or do whatever it is that is a distraction to me during that time, whenever I'd watch television, I'm going to use that time to pray or read my Bible or, or connect with Jesus um, in, a, in a spiritual way. So that's fasting. The other one is solitude. And solitude is where you decide to purposely just get away, to spend some time alone, to spend some time where you just break away from people and your normal everyday environment. Maybe you go for a walk around the block. Maybe you go to a park like I'm at right now or just wherever. But you break away to spend some time in solitude. And the other is silence because you could do solitude without silence. So the other is silence. And so what you basically do with silence is you make it a point that you are going to abstain from any noise. So maybe during silence, your television is off, your phone is off. Not only that, it's on silence. So it, so the notifications don't disrupt you as well. You make it a point to put your soul in a state of quiet. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting is you can have solitude without silence but typically you can't have silence without solitude. It's just hard to go, unless you're with people that are on the same level as you or on the same plane as you or someone who's trying to do the same thing with you is try to have some time of silence as well. But typically it's hard to do alone. But that's the idea is you do these disciplines in order to break away. Now, why do you practice them? It says in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That's the commitment that you're making. God, I, I'm just going to be still. And I'm, I'm just going to listen to your voice. Now, why is that so important? There's a story of a guy named Elijah. 
in scripture. And Elijah had just experienced something really incredible. I mean, it's an incredible story. If you want to read about his life, what you could do is go through 1 Kings and just read through 1 Kings and you will read about the story of Elijah, the prophet, and just some of the incredible experiences that he had and some of the incredible miracles that he was able to do. But at this one point, he does this miracle. And then after he does the miracle, his life is threatened. And this threatening fills him with so much anxiety and fear that he runs. He runs. One point in the wilderness, he gets exhausted. And so he's just told by an angel to just lay down and rest. So he lays down and sleeps out in the wilderness. He wakes up. There's food next to him provided by the angel, which is pretty incredible. Then he goes back to sleep again. And then once he's done sleeping and eating, then what happens is God tells him, hey, I want you to show up at this place. And so he goes there. He goes to this mountain, Mount Sinai. He goes there. And while he is there, he has this incredible encounter with God. And it starts here in 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 11. And God says, go, stand, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. So here Elijah is. This incredible thing happens around him, but he looks around and he knows that God is not in it, which is pretty powerful because at one point, Israel experienced this incredible miracle. I don't know if you remember this, but when they walked across the Red Sea, the scriptures say that there was a strong east wind that rose up. That wind is what parted the Red Sea for them to be able to go across. So the miracle of God was in the wind. But in this situation, for this miraculous experience, God wasn't there and Elijah knew it. He goes on to say, after the wind, there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Now, this is really interesting. If you go and if you look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you begin to read through his story, at the time of the resurrection, it talks about that the earth quaked and when the earth quaked, the stone rolled away. So God showed up powerfully in that earthquake. But in this earthquake, Elijah knew God wasn't there. And then it goes on, and goes on to say, and after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Now, why is that so significant? Because when Moses was called by God, his first experience with God is he walks by and he sees a bush that is on fire, but is not being consumed. And when he walks over to the fire, God tells Moses, take off your sandals because the ground where you're standing on is holy ground. Now, what made that ground significant or so different is because the presence of God was there in that fire. Yet, in this situation, as miraculous as this fire may have been, Elijah knew that God wasn't there. It goes on to say, and after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
So in that moment, when there was that stillness, that soft, gentle breeze, Elijah knew that God was there. Now, why is fasting, solitude, and silence, why are the disciplines of withdrawal so important? Is because if our lives are at the frenetic pace that we live, then we run the risk that the only way that God can get our attention is through the terrible blast of wind, the earthquake, and the fire. But the problem is, what if he's not in those things? What if he's not in those things? But we make it that that's the only way that God can get our attention. So I, I just wonder, like, I, I ask myself this question, like, how many times have I missed the still, gentle breeze, the sound of a gentle whisper, and know that God is present? How many times have I missed that because of the pace of life that I live? So it makes a passage even more powerful. Be still and know that I am God. And it does make me wonder, like, are, are we missing Jesus because of the fact that we are not still? So one of the things that we're doing is over the course of this series, we're talking about why the spiritual disciplines are so important, but also we're going to look at how. So I'm just going to jump into that on this podcast and just talk about how to do these spiritual disciplines that we're talking about. So, for example, with fasting, I kind of already talked about that a little bit. But the one question that people ask, well, why should I fast? And, and here are three reasons that you can find in Scripture why people fasted. One is they fasted to seek God for a special need. There's this one point where there's a queen named Esther that was going to go before the king. And what she was going to go before the king about could cost her her life. And so she was praying for protection. And so she told the people of Israel, pray, fast and pray for God's protection for me. Another time where people fasted was for the forgiveness of sin. It talks about in Moses, after the people of Israel had built this false idol and really had fallen away from God, it says that Moses fasted on their behalf so that they could be forgiven by God. He fasted for them. Another situation where people fasted was eventually to launch their ministry. The best example of that is Jesus Christ. It says that he fasted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights that he fasted. So it was also a period or a time of preparation so that he can get himself ready for what he was about to do. So again, how is it? How do you fast? How do you do that? So here's what I encourage you to do is to set aside a time. Like think about it, think ahead. A fast is not something that you can just wake up in the morning and hey, I'm going to fast today. It's something that you have to prepare your mind for, something that you also have to prepare your body for. So set a time for fasting. Now, some people will fast for from sunset to sunrise. I've done a fast like that, where they choose to abstain from whatever it is they're going to abstain from. And then you also have to decide what is it that you're going to abstain from. Food, certain types of food, and then also entertainment social media, what is it that you're going to abstain from? And then, like I said, you pick the period of time. Again, some people have done it from sunrise to sunset. Uh, some people have done it from 
you know, a 24 hour period where they start in the morning and then they don't eat until the next morning. I heard about someone that did something really smart. They said, what I did is I started my 24 hour period after dinner. <laughs> so I didn't eat and then I fasted for that period afterwards. So instead of missing three meals, I missed two. However it is that you decide to fast, it's, it's up to you how you decide to do that. Or some people have done longer. I, I, I once did a 21 day fast and I think we're gonna do that again. But I once did a 21 day fast where I fasted every day for 21 days from sunrise to sunset. And it was a really incredible experience for me as well. So I think it's gonna be something that I'm gonna do again and encourage people and people did it with me. Uh, some people did it with food, some people did it with, with entertainment, some people did it with social media, but some people did the fast with me. But what you do is on your fast, so whatever, if you're gonna eat, during that time where you would eat, you would actually use that time to pray. And also what you do is you would use your, your, your grumblings. So when your, your stomach moans, and it will moan <laughs> if you are fasting, it will moan because your body chemistry is used to eating at a certain time. So when your body does ache, when your body does moan, when you are hungry, you use that hunger as, as a point to motivate you to say, hey, okay, I'm going to pray right now. And then you choose to pray about whatever it is that you or whatever purpose it is that you've decided to fast about, but you use that time to pray. So that's the idea with fasting is abstaining. And again, you are using that time to focus in on God and the work in, that he desires to do in you. And then the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to do is I just wanted to talk about the practices of solitude and silence and what are some things that you could do to find them. I actually found a link on a website called The Art of Manliness and they had a series on the spiritual disciplines and they talked about solitude and silence and there's some suggestions that they gave that I thought were great. So I'm just going to share those with you as well. But here's the first one is you don't need to be completely physically isolated, but the more you are, the better. So you, you don't have to be completely isolated. Uh, one of the things that you could do is uh, if you want to, if you have kids, if you wake up before your kids, use that time. If you, if your kids go to bed, if you're a night owl, maybe use that evening time. Or maybe when you're in the car, instead of turning on the radio or entertainment, you, you, you drive in silence. Or, I mean, you can go through the list. Maybe when you're sitting in the morning and you're having your cup of joe, that you use that time for silence. And again, you can decide how long you desire for your time of silence to be. Five minutes, 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's completely up to you for your time of solitude and silence to be. That's up to you. But another thing that's really important is to turn off all input, especially your phone, especially your phone. There is nothing that catches your eye like a notification. <laughs> it's amazing. And if you have to, maybe you just have to turn your phone upside down so that you're not distracted by it as well. And then, as I said before, intentionally choose a time where you are going to do it. Random times of silence are good for our psyche, but it's, but it's better if we actually set aside a time. Uh, and, and one of the beautiful things about that is, you know, maybe utilizing a timer or something like that that you could use to, to handle it. But here are some guidelines that are on this that I thought was really good. Uh, treat your fort treat your shower 
like a fortress of solitude. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. I never, because one of the things that I do is when I take a shower, I'm always listening to podcasts and stuff like that. So that's one. Uh, how about do your daily run or workout in silence? I, I know, and that's one thing that's one of the things that I love to do is when I run, I love to listen to podcasts. And I know for some of you, you like to have that jam that, that gets you moving, that gets you motivated. And, you know, that, that Rocky song, rising up, you know, and that's as far as I will go with that. But what if you use that time? How about commute to work in silence? And then here's another one. If you can't stand to drive in silence, spend a few minutes sitting quietly in your car once you've arrived in your parking lot to your workplace or on your way home from work. This was a good one. Stop by a church. I know usually Catholic churches are open 24 hours. Uh, stop by a church or stop by a park. Another idea that they said on this is go to a hospital. Typically, hospitals have chapels, and those chapels are open 24-7. So you can go to the chapel and have that as an opportunity for prayer. I'll tell you, one of my favorite places to go is a park called Rocketship Park because it overlooks the entire city. It's a great view from there. So I, I love being able to go there and just kind of being able to focus and use that time to fast as well. Uh, here's some other ones I thought were really fun. It says, instead of getting out of bed as soon as your alarm goes off or immediately checking your phone upon waking up, lie there for a few minutes in silence. But I would suggest with your eyes open, <laughs> with your eyes open uh, so that you can just kind of think about your day and use that as a time to pray. How about this one? Perform your morning dressing your morning time getting dressed and grooming without music, radio, podcast, TV news. So if you look at those things, maybe what about eat your meals alone? Like maybe one day go out for a meal, maybe do your lunch alone, turn off your phone or any other kind of input and just kind of focus. One of the things they suggested was to take a technology Sabbath. So a, a time off from technology so that you can use that as an opportunity to, to just be in silence. So there's certain elements that you could do to kind of help you in being able to have those moments of solitude and silence. And so the question becomes, well, okay, Ken, what do I do during my time of silence or solitude? Well, you can use them to pray. Uh, you can use it to read the scriptures. The other thing that I've, I've seen people do is they say, Take a moment and just write, have a pen and paper just on hand and, and just write down the thoughts that you feel like God is speaking to you are the things that inspire you. Also have pen and paper on hand because here's what's going to happen. Your mind is used to running at a certain pace. So with that in mind, what you might need to do is when you sit down in silence for the first time or solitude for the first time, your mind might be racing about all the things that need to get done. And you might not realize how much your mind is racing until you're in silence and you try to do so. So then in that moment, maybe what you might want to do is, is keep a pen and paper. And when a thought comes to your mind, write it down and commit to yourself. I'll take a look at that later. Hopefully what will happen is with this discipline, it'll get you to a point where your mind begins to be trained and it realizes, okay, for this time of solitude, I can turn off because eventually when this time of solitude is done, I can turn back on and bring all the thoughts to mind of all the things that need to be done that day. So make a commitment and practice that. But I'm, I'm gonna tell you now, silence and solitude, initially, it's gonna feel awkward, but it's going to be one of those things 
where what will happen is as you continue to do it, you'll begin to notice that what it does is it refreshes your soul. It begins to center you. And then maybe what will happen is you'll find yourself being like Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, where it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He often withdrew to go to places so that he could be alone. So those are some, just, some suggestions there. And, and I'm hoping that you'll be motivated by implementing those three things into your life so that you could begin to make space for God to really be able to speak to you. So something that I'm going to have to learn as well. So maybe, just maybe, we can go on this journey together. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And I really hope that you will recognize, like, man, my soul is exhausted. So I'm going to make it a point to just spend time in silence, solitude, and or fasting. It's completely up to you and how you do that. But these disciplines will help you to refresh and renew your soul. Well, again, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey. And again, as I've always said, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's make a commitment to love others the way that Jesus loves us. And love in. Love yourself the way that Jesus loves you. And also, with these, I would encourage you, start these disciplines in ways that are reachable for you. If you don't spend time in solitude on a regular basis, don't try to say, I'm going to spend three hours in silence. <laughs> start with five minutes. Be very practical. Be very practical. And if you're not perfect, that's okay. Get back up and try once again. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.